But Penfield, when he was, he did some of the early psychosurgery for epilepsy, because in intractable epilepsy, sometimes the only thing to do is radical surgery, like a corpus, you cut the corpus callosum, for example, so that the, you know, the, the electrical storm, so to speak, can't transmit across the hemispheres, and the whole brain won't be affected. So, but while he was doing that, he used a little electrode to map out the surface of the brain, and he mapped out the motor strip, which is just behind the prefrontal cortex, and then the sensory strip, which is just behind that, to find out how the body represented, or the brain represented the body. And basically what he showed was that on the motor strip, you know, your, the thumb has as much representation as your whole trunk. So basically your thumb is as smart from a motoric perspective, smarter, than you from here to here. You know, well, try picking up something with your back. You know, and you'll figure out exactly why that is. And the thumb basically has almost as much representation as the rest of the hand, but the hands are like gigantic balloons, you know, and the arms are little skinny sticks here and here. Feet are fairly highly um, represented, especially in the sensory cortex, because, you know, you've got to be careful about what you, what you step on. And one of the things that's very interesting about the representation of the feet on the sensory strip is that it's right beside the representation of the genitalia. And so there's crosstalk. And so some of you are pretty into foot massages, and that's why. You know, so it's, it's, it's a consequence of the overlap. Now, why that overlap is there, I don't know exactly. You know, maybe, maybe the brain had organized itself so particularly sensitive surfaces were taking advantage of the same tissue, something like that. But, you know, it's an interesting case. of It's like synesthesia in a sense. It's like sensory synesthesia. So um, as far as your brain's concerned, you're all hands, and your hands are almost all thumb, and you're quite a bit of feet, and your lips are massive, and so is your tongue, and your face is very highly represented too. So basically, as far as your brain is concerned, with regards to sensory input and motor output, you're this huge face with great big lips and tongue, and you have massive balloon-like hands, and your feet are pretty big too. And there's a fair bit of sensory representation for the genitalia as well. And then the body's hardly there at all. So, so that's kind of what a human being is like, right? We're all thumbs and hands, and we talk about what we do with our thumbs and hands all the time. And we take things apart with them, and we put them together, and then we tell everybody else how we're doing that. And that's basically a human being. And when you're thinking about the difference between human beings and highly encephalized mammals like dolphins and whales because people have claimed that dolphins and whales are extraordinarily intelligent and you know dolphins don't seem particularly simple minded but look at the things they're in like they're in these test tube shaped bodies what are they going to do flip sand up into buildings it's like they can't manage that and so the embodied the the manner in which their nervous system is embodied turns out to be extraordinarily important when you're trying to understand something like the relationship between cortical tissue mass and intelligence. You can't just think about mind as something that's floating like a soul in space. If it isn't stuck in something that you can use, it's not particularly good for anything or anything that human beings would regard as particularly intelligent. 